engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. It's 5.09. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. Good evening. How are you? Can we declare today an open container Friday? I think we all need it. I think so. It's been one of those weeks. I'm ready for it to be over. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800-WSB-TALK. You know, at the beginning of June, while I was in Sedona, I think it was, the New York Times ran a story about the Trump administration changing policy in Iran. And one of the things they were doing as far as changing policy in Iran was they were changing CIA bureau chiefs for Iran. The CIA bureau chief is someone who is classified. We we don't know this person's name by design because it would put him and his family in jeopardy their lives. Well, the New York Times took the unprecedented step of calling the giving the name of the guy. I mean, they they actually printed it in the news article, the name of the CIA bureau chief, the guy heading up uh, oversight of the CIA into Iran. And that was by design. It was totally intentional because the New York Times wants to undermine the Trump administration when it comes to to the Iran deal. They're afraid that if we change CIA bureau chiefs and we renew investigations into Iran, well, one thing we might find are all the secret deals Barack Obama and John Kerry cut with the Iranians. Let's not forget those. But we may also find things that the Obama administration intentionally ignored. So they outed this guy and his family had to go into hiding. Yes, you haven't heard that, have you? But yes, the CIA bureau chief's family has had to go into hiding. They begin getting death threats from from terrorist groups. Well, today, the Washington Post has joined the New York Times. The Washington Post has a 36-page effort to try to connect Donald Trump to Russia, and it fails, you should know. There is no evidence that the president collaborated with the Russians, none. In fact, I got a breaking news alert today from the New York Times that the FBI is investigating an associate of Paul Manafort, who is Donald Trump's campaign manager, over real estate deals. In other words, the breaking news is that they still aren't investigating the president. They're investigating these other dealings. The president's not involved in any of them. So the Democrats have moved the goalpost. Instead of saying the president is under investigation and they know this for sure, now they're saying, well, if the president wasn't under investigation, why is why is he so upset? Why is he so outraged? Why is he making such a big deal of this? Folks, I'm sorry. If you are being accused by the media on a daily basis of essentially being a traitor when you're not, don't you think you would be a little hacked off as well? Don't you think you would want the people who know to come out and say, no, you're not being investigated. No, these charges aren't substantive. Yes, you're innocent. Wouldn't you want that too? That's all this guy wants. 
And now they're trying to make an obstruction of justice case out of him asking these guys to come forward and tell the truth. You can't. I'm sorry, folks. You can't mount an obstruction of justice case when your claim is that he obstructed justice by demanding they tell the truth. That's not obstruction of justice. And that's what he wanted. So the the Washington Post joins the New York Times today by outing intelligence documents that it was Vladimir Putin himself who orchestrated Russia's involvement in the American election. And then they say Obama administration officials removed this reference out of concern. And this is a direct quote out of concern that it might endanger intelligence sources and methods. So why did the Washington Post report it? If the Obama administration, not Trump, Obama decided to actually confirm the intelligence reports would endanger intelligence sources and methods. These people are so desperate to get the president, they are willing to undermine our national security and intelligence to do it. It's absolutely offensive. It's absurd. It really is. You know, the other galling thing about this 36-page report in the Washington Post is how much of it is speculation and not fact. I mean, even Brian Kipp, as you heard Chris Chandler say, went on record in the Washington Post to say there's no evidence that anything was hacked. There's no evidence that data was changed. This is all speculation. Now, I know that there are some of you out there, because we've gotten the phone calls to the show, there are some of you out there who really do believe the president collaborated with the Russians to steal the election. There is no evidence of it. We've been at this now. The Obama administration was at this since before the election. And the most the Washington Post can do today is get people from the Obama administration to say on background, they don't want their names associated with it. They don't want their names associated with anything that questions Barack Hussein Obama. But they're willing on background to say they think the president, Obama, screwed up and wasn't aggressive enough. But there is no evidence that the Russians collaborated with President Trump. There is no evidence that President Trump stole the election. This is all continuing to be a distraction from the key point that the Democrats had a terrible candidate, a worse candidate than the Republicans, an unlikable candidate who made a series of strategic mistakes. Speaking of strategic mistakes, how bad did John Ossoff actually do on Tuesday night? Have you heard this yet? He got less votes on Tuesday night than the guy who ran against Tom Price in November who spent literally nothing other than the qualifying fee. Yeah, let me say that again. John Ossoff, who spent $30 million, got less votes than the guy who ran against Tom Price and spent nothing. That's that's pretty staggering. That's how bad it was. Now, the Democrats would say, well, Karen Handel got less than, than President Trump. And this was a special election. You're comparing apples to oranges. Yeah, but John Ossoff spent $30 million to specifically target and turn out every imaginable Democrat for him. And he failed. Not only did he fail, he came up shorter than the guy who spent nothing in November. He spent $30 million to do that. This The Hillary Clinton strategy. I mean, Hillary Clinton going in ridiculous places, Texas and whatnot, to campaign when she should have been going to Milwaukee. She should have been going to, to Erie, Pennsylvania. She should have been going to places in, in uh, Iowa. She should have been going to Detroit. 
She didn't want to do that. The Democrats keep making these strategic miscalculations. And I'm increasingly convinced that this Russia investigation is a strategic miscalculation for them because the Democratic base hates the president so, 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 so much. They are convinced beyond all reason. The Democrats are convinced the president collaborated with the Russians to steal the election. What happens when there's no there there and the election rolls around? The Democrats have not hung their hat on jobs or relating to the middle class or moving to the center or rebuilding the economy or saving health care or fixing education. Their entire campaign right now is premised on the president and the Russians stole the election. The president and the Russians didn't steal the election. They didn't do it. There's no evidence of it. And when we get to the election, actual the vote, and they have nothing to stand for or against other than but Russia, are they really going to persuade independent voters who polls today, the polling the Democrats believe is accurate today? Voters have had enough of the Russia investigation. And according to the national opinion polls, the Democrats love to cite. The public has decided there's no there there. The only people who still are buying it are the Democratic base. And the Democratic base is not enough to win them the swing seats they need to take back Congress. In other words, I hope they keep talking about Russia. Looks like Karen Handel could be sworn in as soon as Monday, according to the AJC. Um, the It depends on the Secretary of State's formal certification of the election, uh, but Speaker Ryan's office has confirmed that Karen Handel should be sworn in uh, around 6.30 p.m. on Monday, which is really cool. They've been able to, to move this along. Obviously, the, the, the gap, the wind gap was so big that there was no real contest. There wasn't a recount or anything like that. There weren't any other troubles. You know, Greg Gianforte, who from Montana, the guy who, who knocked out the reporter or whatever, it took him weeks because the Montana Secretary of State delayed sending the paperwork. Brian Kemp is no slouch. Uh, and so Brian Kemp uh, has gotten everything taken care of, wrapped up, and we'll have it certified and sent up there for Monday. Ralph Norman as well, the Republican from South Carolina who won the same night as he had, it looks like he's going to be sworn in as well. Uh, we will have a great, great crop of people. Also, you should know, big story in the AJC today. Front page of the AJC. The Atlanta Hawks and partners are negotiating to take control of parcels of land near Phillips Arena for future mixed-use development. That would echo what the Braves built at SunTrust Park. Now, there looks like um, the Atlanta City Council has approved public financing to overhaul Phillips Arena. And they've approved a new rental car tax agreement with the city of College Park with part of the proceeds going to nearly $200 million renovations of the downtown arena. So now they want to expand it. Um, And my goodness, we will see. Uh, If they can fix up, spruce up Phillips Arena, it's not that old in the grand scheme of things, but now they want to do what everyone else is doing. All these arenas downtown and people still debate whether or not Georgia has a real sporting culture to be able to afford it.
It's 39 after the hour. Eric Erickson here on WSB. Um, now, well, let's let me bring you up to speed on the Republican health care plan in the Senate. Right now, it does not have the votes to pass. And the Republicans are scrambling to figure out what to do. Ted Cruz trying to orchestrate some conservative reforms that allegedly would get him um mike lee ron johnson and Rand paul on board there's no way Rand paul is going to vote for this because Rand paul says this is a breach of the republican purpose and, and let, let, let's be clear here you you do need to understand that this republican health care plan does violate every republican promise because the republicans since 2010 have said they were going to repeal obamacare and this does not. In fact, I dare say that the Democrats are only opposing it because the Republicans authored it. This would this is a fairly Democrat plan. It gets rid of all the responsible mechanisms to pay for all the big government handouts. I mean, that's essentially all the Republican plan does is it scraps the the taxes and penalties, but leaves the rest of Obamacare in place. So when you hear Republican members of Congress telling you that this keeps their promise, understand they're lying to you, but also understand this is probably the best they can do. This moves in the right direction, but it does not repeal it. It nibbles around the edges of Obamacare and makes things a little more palatable. But it doesn't really deal with the cost of health insurance. You see, part of the problem is that Republicans have now bought into the idea that health care is a fundamental basic human right. That's Democratic rhetoric. Republicans have embraced it. And as a result, the Republican plan is trying to see how to get the most people possible health care without it being Obamacare. And they're not really focused on how do you actually bring market forces to bear to lower the cost of health care. This is a le- piece of legislation about access to health care, not cost of health care. And you need to understand that. And it starts to make a little more sense to you what they're doing. They want to make sure that they're not depriving people, of, despite the Democrat hysteria. And I, at the top of the hour, I'm going to get into this Democrat hysteria because it's gone off the charts. A week after a mass assassination attempt, you've got Democrats saying Republicans are trying to murder people. Think about that for a minute. But the plan is a breach of the fundamental promise to repeal Obamacare. Now, the differences between Obamacare and the Republican plan, they're actually not that many differences, believe it or not. First and foremost, it gets rid of employer mandates. Secondly, it gets rid of all of the taxes on health care plans other than the so-called Cadillac tax of premium health care plans for rich people. It does keep that tax. It just postpones its implementation date. The Republican plan also allows insurance companies to charge senior citizens more by a certain amount of percentage. Now, keep in mind, Obamacare did that as well. But the Democrats say this is a tax on on old people. Obamacare did it as well. The difference is the Republican plan restructures it it's a percentage fee as opposed to a use fee so insurance companies can charge 
every senior citizen blanketly that the price for a person over the age of 65 can be more if these 65 year olds and older if they're not going on Medicare. So there are some subtle nuances there, but by and large, this is Obamacare. You can call it Obamacare light, uh, but it makes you wonder if the Democrats like Obamacare because they're complaining about this so much. And it's basically the same thing. I just got an email from a listener. Is there uh, maternity and, and pediatric dental still included? Uh, one of the things the Republican plan does do is it allows men to not have to pay for pediatric dental or, or I'm sorry, for maternity care. You know, under Obamacare, men have to pay for um, pap smears and uh, mammograms and uh, pregnancy care. And women have to pay for prostate exams and, and things like that. And the Republican plan gets rid of that. Uh, also, if I believe, don't hold me to this one, please. But I'm I'm fairly sure I read that no one will be charged for pediatric dental coverage unless they have children on their plan. Uh, right now, doesn't matter what age you are, you have to pay for pediatric dental. It doesn't matter whether you have kids, whether your kids are grown up, whether you're single. It doesn't matter. You got to pay for pediatric dental coverage under Obamacare. And the Republicans do sideline these things. Now, one of the things that Ted Cruz and Mike Lee and Rand Paul and Ron Johnson are advocating for is that a a person should not have to buy a plan that covers all of the things the government thinks they should cover. That as long as an insurance company is offering a fully loaded plan that the government thinks people should buy, uh, people won't have to buy it. It's got to be offered by an insurance company, but people can say, you know, I, I'm not going to pay for this. I'm not going to pay for this. I'm going to pay for my doctor's visits out of pocket. I'm not going to have routine office visits paid in my plan and structure it to give themselves a cheaper insurance plan. That seems to me to be a good idea. Democrats, of course, hate that we're giving people that much freedom, but let's be real honest here. Let, let's circle back. And I intend to sound like a broken record on this because it, it's very important. You understand this is a break of the Republican promise to repeal Obamacare. This does not repeal Obamacare. It only tweaks Obamacare. It tickles it, if you will, but doesn't do anything else. Ah, boy, Hillary Clinton tweeting out a short time ago, forget death panels. If Republicans pass this bill, they're the death party. This from a woman whose political party has members literally gunning down Republicans. Uh, by the way, Jonathan Gruber, who authored Obamacare, is on television, radio, the Internet, newspapers saying that actually this Republican bill doesn't repeal Obamacare. It makes some changes to it, but that's all. And he's telling the truth. Oh, boy. Hey, you know, I have been following this USS Fitzgerald story. Uh, USS Fitzgerald, the... Um, the destroyer, the Aegis-class destroyer that was hit by the cargo ship. And it appears now, uh, the, the crystal is the name of the ship that hit it, the cargo ship. It appears the crystal was on autopilot and collided with the destroyer. And there's been big issues about it. It appears that the frigate made a U-turn and did it make the U-turn and come back and hit um, the USS Fitzgerald. And no, it appears now, according to naval investigators, that the crystal was on autopilot, hit the destroyer, and the ship 
changed its course because of the collision to get it back on the course it was supposed to go. And then the sailors, it was two o'clock in the morning or so, one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, the sailors woke up, realized the ship had hit something and stopped the autopilot, turned around and went back. That's the U-turn. Uh, so now the question is not now why the crystal hit the Fitzgerald. The question is, why did the Fitzgerald, a highly advanced weapon system, in the form of a naval vessel, not detect the cargo ship because it should have detected the cargo ship. There should have been someone on the bridge of the Fitzgerald to get it out of the way. And so it's looking more and more like uh, this was not intentional. Um, They are investigating whether or not the navigation controls were hacked, uh, but it looks like the issue may be with the Fitzgerald and not with the cargo ship. Uh, Also, you should know Steve Scalise is out of intensive care. Uh, Keep praying for him and his family, but he's out of intensive care. When we come back, uh, I want to get into the dangerous rhetoric of the Democrats these days. A week after a mass assassination attempt, sounds like the Democrats are urging the next James uh, Hodgkinsons to take up arms against the Republicans and start killing some more. I mean, based on their own rhetoric, that seems to be what they're doing. It is 6.08. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. The little chirping sound you're hearing like a gerbil in a blender. It is the severe weather alert. That's what you're hearing. Uh, You can stop calling now. (laughs) Um, Bartow, Floyd, uh, Gordon, and part of Cherokee County now. Severe thunderstorm. In fact, uh, I can tell you that the Canton area is going to get hit with the storm in the next 20 minutes canton holly springs and ball ground jasper you are all in uh the front of this storm um it is going to be well it's a big one uh harrelson and polk county you got a brand new severe thunderstorm warning that just uh popped on the screen as i was staring at the radar uh you've got northwestern uh well harrelson county and polk county northwestern georgia till 7 p.m severe thunderstorms located along a line extending from liberty hill to near oak level uh to heflin alabama moving northeast at 40 miles an hour there are 60 mile an hour wind gusts uh radar indicates there may be some hail you got cedartown buchanan Bremen, Rockmart, Tallapoosa, Aragon, Waco, Fish Creek, Etna. Uh, you're all in the path of this one. So uh, stick around here throughout the night as this band of storms come through connected to the tropical storm. Um, there's going to be some very heavy rain right now. A Daresville is getting real heavy rain. Kingston as well. And it's moving more into closer and closer into the major parts of the listening area. So stick around with us this evening. Now. Hillary Clinton has tweeted out that the Republicans are going to be the death party, which is really rich coming from a woman who has a a party member who tried to gun down Republicans last week in a mass assassination. It was an attempt, thank God, 
they were not successful. And I, I, I have highlighted here on this program the number of Democrats who were cheering it on. You know, there was a Nebraska um, Democratic Party official who was removed from his job today for getting into an argument with a fellow Democrat and saying he wished Steve Scalise had been killed. Yes, I'm glad Scalise was shot, was his uh, direct quote. And there were, I can't play it on the radio because there were lots of expletives, but you get the point. Now, here's the other thing. The New York Times, after the Gabriel Giffords attempted assassination, went to great lengths to tie it to right-wing rhetoric that was firing up the population. Paul Krugman of the New York Times blamed it on Republican rhetoric, the, the, the rhetoric of hate. Other Democrats did the same thing. So here's Elizabeth Warren last night. This is her tweet. I've read the Republican health care bill. This is blood money. They're paying for tax cuts with American lives. Bernie Sanders tweeted, the bill Republicans announced today is even worse than expected and by far the most harmful piece of legislation I've seen in my lifetime. He also tweeted, we must do everything we can to preserve our democracy and oppose the current drift towards authoritarianism. Trump represents everything we can to stop the drift. Paging Mr. Hodgkinson's, paging Mr. Hodgkinson's. Uh, Sherry Bustos, a congresswoman. Trump care would be devastating to seniors, kids, and people with pre-existing conditions. No wonder the Senate GOP wants to hide their bill. Kamala Harris, Barack Obama's right. This health care bill, if you can really call it, that is a fundamental attack on our nation's values and character. Keith Ellison, the lives of millions of Americans are in the line. Within the next week, no health care coverage kills, really. So how many more mass assassination attempts do these people want? I mean, based on their own arguments, based on the New York Times, based on these own members of Congress's prior statements about Republican rhetoric, they are encouraging the assassination of Republicans in Congress. They are encouraging a nut job to take up arms based on their own rhetoric. Do you guys remember Elizabeth Lawton? Does that name sound familiar to you? Elizabeth Lawton was the Republican congressional staffer who on her personal Facebook page said something critical of President Obama's daughters. She thought they were being disrespectful standing by his side as he made some proclamation. It was on her private Facebook page, but someone got a screenshot of it and there was national outrage. She was driven from her job. Literally news trucks parked on the lawn of her parents' home for about a week trying to get video of her and her parents. This was a news story that lasted a week in the news. It was covered on a nightly basis on CNN for about a week. We had a mass assassination attempt of Republicans in Congress last Wednesday and by Friday, the media was back to talking about Russia. A congressional staffer generated a week of coverage for saying something the media didn't like about Obama's daughters. An attempted assassin, a would-be assassin, only got two days of coverage in the media. And the Democrats are back to calling Republicans the party of death, 
calling for Republicans to, to be resisted. Whatever it takes, stop the Republicans. I mean, the New York Times, for God's sakes, last week, their editorial after the, the attempted assassination runs their editorial and, and essentially says, well, you guys started it. Sarah Palin and her mail piece with the targets, she, she started it. And then, of course, they had to retract it. They had to retract it because it's no proof. Jared Lautner, the would-be assassin, was a nut job who didn't even know about the Sarah Palin mail piece. The reason he decided he wanted to kill Gabby Giffords was because he didn't like the answer she had given him at some forum months before. And he set about plotting to kill her because he was a nut job, schizophrenic. So they had to retract it, but they still left their central argument that you guys started it. Now you got these Hollywood guys. You got this this Hollywood director today out there. Let, let me read you where's his tweet. Um, Josh Fox, documentary filmmaker in Hollywood. Um, fairly, I mean, he's got a blue check mark on his account. Josh Fox, director of How to Let Go of the World and Love All the Things, Climate Can't Change, Awake, A Dream from Standing Rock, Gasland. That's the one I, yes, Gasland. Remember, that's the scammy uh, documentary on fracking that actually they had to retract bits of it because it turned out not to be true. Josh Fox, yes. Let me read you his tweet. Mitch McConnell is a terrorist. Donald Trump is a terrorist. This bill terrorizes people and sentences poor people to death. And he links to a Bernie Sanders tweet. I hope Mitch McConnell listened to what the demonstrators had to say outside his office today. And what if they didn't, Senator? I mean, y'all. I believe that rhetoric repeated often enough, can cause people to believe what you're saying. And when people begin to believe what you're saying, in an age of social media where everyone wants their 50 minutes of fame, the nut jobs can be emboldened to get their 50 minutes of fame by taking up arms. And when you have a bunch of Democrats saying, we need to do everything we can to resist, we need to do everything we can to stop the party of death, we need to do everything we can to stop the Republicans from killing Americans, well, at some point, some nut is going to take you seriously and say, they said we need to do everything we can. They're right. We got to go kill the Republicans before they kill us. I mean, it's just the, the, the logic it is just the logic of their own arguments. It is crazy. It is genuinely crazy what they're doing. It is shameful what they're doing. Just based on their own logic, folks. Based on their own logic. I want to play you some audio. Uh, this is Senator Chuck Grassley on the floor of the Senate earlier today. Well, we learned earlier this month well, from Mr. Comey if himself I that he had done exactly that. It wasn't a surprise to me because Mr. Comey had told me the same thing. I have to note something else here. Mr. Comey didn't just tell the president 
Senator Feinstein and me that the president was not under investigation. He had also told the Gang of Eight. Of course, the Gang of Eight includes Senate Minority Leader Senator Schumer. But even after Mr. Comey told the Gang of Eight that the president was not under investigation, the min Minority Leader told the media that the president was under investigation. And of course, that further helped feed media hysteria. Yes. Interesting, is it not? Chuck Urasley, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, uh, noting that the president's not under investigation by the FBI, and yet the Democrats keep going out and saying he is under investigation, though they know he is not. They are lying. But do you know who is under investigation by the FBI? Any guess? No, 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 not, not Loretta Lynch, not Hillary Clinton. No, 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 no. No, y'all, you can't make this stuff up. The President of the United States is not under FBI investigation. Bernie Sanders' wife is. Yes, Bernie Sanders' wife is. Uh, a letter to fe federal prosecutors in early 2016 alleged Senator Sanders' office had pressured a bank to approve a loan application submitted by his wife, Jane Sanders. Federal investigators and FBI agents started to pull apart a $10 million financial arrangement related to Burlington College. They've been sifting through hard drives, audit reports, and spreadsheets. They've been interviewing donors, board members, and the past president, Carol Moore. Yep. And Bernie Sanders kept this low profile. And interestingly enough, the media knew about it. The media knew and never reported it. Donald Trump is not under investigation and Jane Sanders, wife of Bernie Sanders, is under investigation. Think about that for a minute. Yes, hypocrisy knows no bounds. So what this situation is, apparently, um, Jane Sanders arranged for, it looks like a financial assistance for a college up there, that's uh, Burlington College, and it was outed by a lawyer. And the lawyer was the Trump campaign's ground guy for Vermont. So most of the media dismissed the story because they just said, ah, this is, this is a, a Trump hit job. So the media didn't report it. Now contrast that with the clip I played you intentionally. The FBI director tells Chuck Schumer and the Democrats that the president's not under investigation. And what do they do? They go out to the media and say he's under investigation. And the media eats it up. The media runs with a bunch of stories. But here, all Bernie Sanders had to do was say it was a Trump-Vermont campaign guy. He was the chairman of the Trump-Vermont campaign. You can't believe him, and so the media didn't report the story. But the FBI has taken it so seriously, the FBI is still conducting an investigation. And what is this over? Bernie Sanders questions whether Bernie Sanders 
applied pressure to get a loan approved that his wife had filled out the paperwork for. Hmm. Yes. What an interesting turn of events. Oh, Jane Sanders is now the president of Burlington College. Interesting. Man, can you imagine? Can you imagine the education you get there? You come out of there singing the Soviet national anthem, I bet. Yeah, every day you, you, you wake up and probably pledge loyalty to Stalin. You know, Bernie Sanders and his wife, their honeymoon was to the Soviet Union. They're such commies. Yes, 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 yes. And, you know, there have been other problems with that college as well. And it's all been swept under the rug by the media because all the Sanders family had to do was say it was a Trump hit job. The media gladly reported the Democrat hit jobs on Trump, but they haven't reported this. Bernie Sanders' wife under investigation by the FBI. Hmm.